0: Hello, friends. This is it, the penultimate episode. Next week, it's our two part season finale of Book One of Paizo's Strange Eons Adventure Path. Then, here's our plan after that Act Two of Dark Nexus will officially start on Monday, April 24th. So, slight pause in the ongoing adventure, enough time for everyone to catch up, re listen, revisit, whatever you need to do before we dive into the party's next adventures. But we won't be dark during these intervening three weeks, of course. We'll still have content on your feed every Monday, just some some different things as we bridge the gap between Acts 1 and 2. We'll have a conversation the five of us recorded back in 2021, right when we finished Act 1. And we'll have a similar conversation we had just in December, right before we started recording Act 2. Some extras, behind-the-scenes conversations for you, that type of thing. And then we're off and running again on April 24th. Thank you, thank you, thank you to our latest supporters, Brian, Mason, Ryan, and uh, and how fun is this, Brayden. We can't thank you enough for helping to make this adventure possible. You can join the party and show your support for what we're building here at patreon.com slash plug and hum. And if that's not something you can afford right now, do please tell a friend about the show. Be the ghoul fever that infects their lives with Dark Nexus. As Dora says... It would be a mercy. Welcome back to Dark Nexus. Tonight, it's Act One, Chapter. 34. So, we wake on day 11 of the campaign, the third day of the month of Neth. Uh, Again, the fog is deathly still outside the windows of the chapel, but it is now blazing, fiery red. And everything is very, very still. As if Briarstone Asylum, Briarstone Isle, everything here is holding its breath. The thunder has stopped, all is anticipation. What happened last time? Oh right, Dora woke up spooning a naked man she's never before seen in her life. So you have your arms wrapped around a human man, uh, kind of around the same age as you, near or in middle ages. He's got this streaked black and white hair, white chin whiskers, bushy black eyebrows, all kind of also kind of like streaked with white. Picture like like a mission impossible era Jean Renault. but like starved and weak at the moment. What do you do, Dora? He's asleep.
1: I look around for Reynard.
0: Uh, Reynard is not in the room. But there is a silver fox of a man <laughs> in your arms.
1: <laughs> silver I fox. Move away.
0: He goes back Who's to sleep. Who's closest? Let's say it's Ray. Uh,
1: Dora reaches... Over and lays a gentle hand. Yes, Ray you, on Ray,
0: you wake up and you see what has been described.
2: Rolled a 19 plus 5 on the knowledge
0: nature check. What does Dora get? Is it nature? It's nature. Is that the um, one you don't know?
1: It's the one I don't know, but...
0: It's end times, Tima right? Tima
1: knows something of it. Oh, okay. Or Great. something. Sure. Or one of the people possessed I'm possessed by knows something of it, so I'll just oh. make it straight up. Oh. Intelligence check. 17.
0: So... Ray, I don't know why you remember this, you must have had, you must have had dealings with them at some point in the, in the dim mists of your past, but there, there is a race of humanoids in Galarian called Kitsune. Their natural form is that of an anthropomorphic fox, so standing up on two legs. They have the ability to transform into a human. That's sort of like their trick is they can turn into a human. But a very rare, very, very exceptionally small number of them are born with or develop the ability to actually transform into a fox. That's what this is. They are generally known to be gregarious, kind, art, and uh, culture-loving people. They're, they're species known for their affection for society and culture and and sharing and art and communication. Uh, they're very rare, extremely rare, but you must have crossed paths with one or more in your past because you is do this, know what they are.
1: Is this someone's backup character?
0: <gasps> hey, Robert, you want to uh, introduce your backup <laughs> character? Oh,
3: my God. <laughs> oh, Chevy. <laughs>
4: Oh, I would that's... like to thank you for the kindness you have shown me you know but there never was Reynard there only was Barnabas
0: <laughs> for so many days oh my God. As, as, as Barnabas lay dreaming of worms he imagined he was held in the arms of a little girl who kept calling him the wrong fucking name. And he kept saying, that is not my name, that is not my name, little girl. But she would not listen to him. So at the moment, you are able to sort of rouse him and he he, he says as he did, but his, his memory, it's not like your memories having been lost where you have nothing there, for him, Everything is hidden behind a worm, and he doesn't exactly even know what that means, Robert. Like he's like he remembers a school. Uh, he remembers a school. He remembers there was a person, was a, uh, a spouse uh, or a lover. I do not know. There was a a book, and then there was worms. And you know, obviously, Dora has some context for this that. Barnabas does not have but he's still coming out of the cloud
1: would you like a sheet or something
0: oh goodness me
4: yes thank you very much <laughs> yes. be anything would be useful thank you
1: I'm so sorry about the name
4: well, how are you to know
1: exactly
0: Yeah, I, I do not fault you for that it was a nice name
1: but not well thank you
0: at this point the kids are waking up and seeing the new person what does is, is beats do
1: Holy. Who's that? Hey. This is Mr. Barnabas.
4: Hello.
0: I have seen all of
1: you. You look human right now. Yes.
4: Yes. I have seen all of you for so long, but you have not seen me like this. Well, that's creepy. I apologize for the creepiness. I do not intend to be creepy.
0: At this point, uh Naysa's kind of you know, she's been out in the hallway patrolling. and she comes in and catches sight of him talking to you all and gives Dora and Ray some eyes like uh what's going on? And okay. She's she's purposely staying over by the door away from you. One moment. Oh of course. Dora
1: will go explain to Nasa what seems to have happened.
0: Oh no uh, he was he was committed here like He's a patient here, you know. Something was terribly, terribly wrong with his mind. Was he violent? I don't... I didn't... I, he wasn't in my ward. I don't recall stories about him being violent. No, I recall stories of him of him singing. He had a lovely, lovely singing voice, and he would sing to the other patients, and he would sing to the children. Um, but there was something... Something had happened. to Something had happened to him and someone had put him here. He was not here voluntarily, like, if you know what I'm saying. Why wouldn't you? That's very obvious. (laughs) I don't know why I said it that way. I'm just very nervous, you know, I'm a pirate. You're not
1: feeling well, I'm sure. Did you know that he was consuming?
0: No, no, I had no idea. I don't know that anyone knew. I didn't know we had whatever you just said here.
3: Gulliver
0: is is still completely asleep and snoring. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Uh, And sort of knowing what you know or have gleaned and picked up about Ustalavian culture over your 10 days of awakeness now, it's not a particularly open and welcoming society. And you might guess that if somebody were Kitsune here in this place where anything that is suspicious is often condemned as evil, uh, they might typically just... Adopt human form to make things, like make their lives simpler, mm. would be kind of an immediate guess. Not knowing too much about uh, Baron Nabus.
2: Uh, bonjour, my friend. Oh. No, I don't actually. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Sorry,
4: you do not speak French accent.
3: No.
2: <laughs>
3: Proficient in French what uh, what
0: language is that in this world? Is it a different language? He is speaking Dane here, but he it is infused with uh, something from some of the northern countries. Like he may come from a place to the northwest by the ocean. There would be your guess. I love it.
2: Um, we have a custom here of cutting ourselves to prove that we're not shapeshifters
4: the double gang.
2: yeah are you willing to demonstrate that I mean here you have changed form and uh, I'm concerned about containing our trust with our friends here in the chapel
4: uh, yeah oui, I will I will allow that I have seen it happen and as a player, I have a uh, reputation for betraying the party. So, yes, you please. Oh,
1: yeah.
4: <laughs> you, uh... A
0: very notorious <laughs> reputation.
3: <laughs> so,
0: yeah, that's what it takes to uh, leave everyone's mind. Absolutely. So, Brenton and Maeve... Well, Maeve drags Brenton over to watch this. Maeve has gotten very interested in the bloodletting uh, ritual that goes on. Uh, A little disturbing, but she finds it fascinating. So she has put the tiara on Brenton, and she's carrying the knights, and they march from room to room, and he is her servant princess. And she is... Mave the brave knight. So she watches with with great interest and is very relieved to to find out that uh, Barnabas is indeed not a doppelganger, as proved by the test. Maybe at this point Gull is finally waking up uh, to see everyone clustered around this new fellow. What about Grip? Too? Oh no, Grip, Grip, Grip's is dead. No, uh, yeah, Grip
3: wakes up too. I, I want to see this scene, the scene between Grip and. and...
0: What do they say to each
3: other?
0: <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't prepare that. No, <laughs>
2: it's not going to be on your character sheet. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: looking at my character sheet. It doesn't tell me what Let to me do here. Let me see your sheet. Uh, so at the moment, as you... Oh, give me, a, give me a heel check, I think, as you're sort of assessing his state of
3: oh, being. Oh, well, I was going to say, yeah. like, Gull wakes up, like, looks over, sees him still undressed, sees the proximity, looks around, doesn't see Reynard, and goes, Hey... Next time, if we run into one of those, like, creepy things and stuff, could you yap a little louder? Like,
4: You're going to have to be more specific than that, my friend.
3: The, the thing that, like, puked on uh, Ray. Like, I, I, I knew that it was bad because uh, you were telling us, but, you know, next time, be a little more specific.
4: Well, next time,
3: pay attention to the clues you are being given, though. Touche. Yeah, fair
1: enough. Ouch.
3: What, what did you say? So, do I call you Raynaud, or what do I call yep. you?
4: That was a back. i playing with you all. No, you may call me Barnabas. Barnabas. Got it. No, Barnabas. That—that's
3: what he said. Barnabas. Barnabas. <laughs> and we just lost Paul. Oh, that was great. Oh, thank you. It's like a Mel Brooks sketch. Oh. But ba- Barnabas, that will do. Yes, that's cool. all right. Uh, I'm sorry. What were you me, asking he'll me to get Kill check. All right. Oh, thank you for that. We needed a little laughter right now.
0: It's been a
2: thank God for Barnabas.
0: Oh, uh, that is a 19. He seems to be in sound physical health as uh, and not diseased uh, and recovered from all the injuries he's taken over the course of like the the cold rain, he got caught in the rat swarm, all that kind of stuff. So I've been I've been back here with Robert's sheet <laughs> like oats. Oh. Yeah, what is his But uh, so far he seems uh, devoid of disease. He's currently at full health. It just seems like his brain is still in the process of like, he, he may be dormant with his own particular madness at this moment. But he does seem to have, I love the question that you asked me, However many sessions ago, yeah, when you yeah, were yeah. all sick, and it was we were just like focused on healing Dora, I was like, yeah, I guess he would get the benefit from all these conversations because he's there, he's listening. So I was uh, healing up his sanity damage as all that went along as well. <laughs> so Aww. he just seems, at the moment, like he's probably not combat ready, but uh, he's in fine enough uh, physical shape. And we can picture Barnabas singing for the kids as we eventually head out for, the day, for perhaps our last adventuring day
3: before we head out. Yeah. Uh, Gull would absolutely want to do uh, healing checks to try to assist both Dora as well as to fighting off their filth fever.
0: Great. are the disease checks we have to make. Grip will make his second save as latent with ghoul fever, and Dora and Nasa will make their first save as latent with filth fever. Let's start with Grip. B- before, before you do it, I should yeah. make
3: my heal checks to give them the plus four, right? Make it for Grip, yep. And This is
0: Fort? This will be Fort. What do I? What do I need? Uh, just a heal check. All right. the heal check. All right. Twenty-five. You're good. You get to add plus four there. Grip. Nice. That's a plus thirteen.
4: Uh, natural nineteen on the die, so I'm pretty sure I made
0: that. With two consecutive saves against ghoul fever, Grip is healed. Oh, he has God. recovered. Thank God. It's so
1: good. That's so
0: good. All right, and then you want to tend to, how about uh, NASA next? Uh, I rolled a natural 20 Great mm. As did I She's made her first successful save hey. Now for Dora uh, 17 plus 10 27. You're good, Dora make a fortitude save, which is not your strongest suit but do add that extra 4 from the treat disease <laughs> Yeah You have a fresh stock of shame points
1: yeah, I got a two, Ooh. and that's an eight with all those bonuses, and... Get a 14. With a six, I can get a 14.
3: Yeah. I mean... Oh!
2: With the Remove Sickness morale bonus for saves versus...
1: I'm at a nine right now, don't use anything. That you will a, be
0: able to. So she is, she is now uh, weakened on the physical disease track, suffering all the effects of the sickened and fatigued conditions. But Paul, your new spell will, with each casting, allow her allow her to ignore that entirely for 40 minutes at a stretch.
2: That's still totally amazing.
0: It's yeah. huge. It's huge.
2: Right. So we can, um, you know, save it till we get a little closer to business. But
0: we know that we can do that. First. So, Dora is feeling uh, physically weak, but mentally strong today. And now, there is no fox should any madness, uh, should sort her of madness no longer become dormant. Oh no. So we'll add the perpetually shaken <laughs> to that, should something like that happen. God. What's on the agenda for today? So we know we left the Doors to Lysandro's office barricaded and um, we don't know how much time we had before the apostles might come in uh, overnight there was no sound of disturbance at those doors but is the plan to head up to the north first thing this morning or anything else we want to accomplish before we head out
3: do we want to do one last yeah. reading of any items
0: one last psychometry Yeah. what does she do
1: Tima's wedding ring.
3: Do you do you let us know ahead of
0: time, or do you just do it? Or
1: she doesn't let you know, but she's not hiding.
0: So you're all tending to your business, checking in on Nessa, uh, uh, getting Barnabas set up in the place there, introducing him to Bates, so the backup characters can start their own relationships. <laughs> And you catch sight sitting in the hellish red glow now coming in through the cathedral windows in the chapel. Uh, Dora sitting there, cross-legged, no longer with a fox to pet, as she uh, holds the ring in her hand. Give me that check.
1: This is perception.
0: That is a perception check.
1: 27.
0: Nice. Dora slips into the river of time. And it feels at first very similar to, was it just yesterday, when she read the other ring? Because the amount of time that these rings have been in existence, to even have memories and significance attached to them, is the exact same length of time. It feels a little deja vu for a moment, as she reaches out a tentative hand to stop the flow, whoosh, a tall, slender woman, stands in a pure white gown before a soft red and white tapestry emblazoned with the yellow sword and sun symbol of Iomade, the Lady of Valor. She looks like an aristocratic Vanessa Redgrave in her 40s, with warm metallic skin, cold metallic hair, and blazing violet eyes. This is Dora's body many years ago, but Dora is not in it. A man is slipping the wedding ring onto her finger. It's Gulliver Vaticus, clean cut, clean shaven, noticeably younger. Like in the last vision, he looks surprisingly normal. Black tail spectacles. This part of the vision swims by quickly. In fact, a lot of this vision swims by weirdly and thinly because well, it's, it's hard for Dora to know why for sure, but she guesses that maybe the fact of Tima and Gulliver's wedding, the moment of it, the itty bitty details, these are not the source of significance here. It's all just context. Kind of like the small black and orange fox, sleek and smart, leaning against her left leg. Reynard is certainly important to Tima, very important. Every familiar is important to their wizard. But here, in this vision, he's just context, more background noise. There are ten other couples here in the hall. All eleven of them are being married by a pudgy, cheerful-looking, kindly priest of Iomedae. Count Lowells is watching from across the room, decked up in his purple coat with the high furry collar, his purple glasses and his flat, square hat. The count is grinning. Everybody looks so happy. The couples vow to be honest, live purely, honor their wedding vows, all the days of their lives, blah, 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 blah. and then. When the vows have been spoken, when the sacred ritual has almost been finalized, one of the eleven grinning bridegrooms steps up behind the priest and slits his throat. Down come the tapestries, and the room as it is is truly revealed. The columns, the mosaics, and yep, there's the yellow mist filling in as if on cue, and the smell of chrysanthemums. The blood flows, the clothes come off. Everyone's having a grand old time. Especially Lowell's. He likes to watch. But again, all of this is just context for the woman in Dora's body. Tima feels nothing. She hoped she might, this is all her idea even, but she simply doesn't. And looking across the way at Gulliver, It's clear to her that he's not sure how to process all of this either. He's doing his thing, handing out drugs to the other happy couples, but he seems distant, kind of defeated. Tima knows it's time to go, so she slips around the side of the room behind the columns, avoids catching the Count's gaze as he stands there in the corner, staring, grinning, panting a little bit, bodies and the blood are reflected in eerie purple glass covering his eyes. She leaves that behind and heads up the hall. She's just turning the corner to the right when she runs into someone coming down the spiral stairs. And it's here, in the yellowy shadows, that the significance of this evening begins to crystallize. Tima sees a man. He's tall and thin. He's got this nerdy, chic thing going on. Picture like... Ed Bagley Jr. in his 40s. Strong chin, tall forehead, rakish swoop of perfect blonde hair, small, fashionable spectacles. Big smile, filled with bright white teeth. Oh, yeah, and he's got burn scars completely covering his right cheek. He's probably not everybody's type, but for Tima, you must be Tima. Well, well. As Hazzy requested, I've brought some books for you." These are magic words for Tima. He takes her hand. Call me Mon Love. It's my surname, of course, but it's what everyone calls me. Because my given name is a joke after all, honestly. I mean, it serves no purpose except to prove that my parents hated me from the moment I slithered out from between my mother's legs and spoiled her expensive bedsheets. He licks his lip, looks down at her hand. Does, does this mean anything to you? He's asking about the ring, but not really. And Tima tells him the truth that the ring, and thus, by extension, Gulliver Vaticus, the father of her child, her brand new husband, he means nothing to her. He's just a background player in her life. Nothing but context. And she takes the man called Mun by the hand and she leads him to the guest house where he shows her something written in a book. And her life changes forever she will always associate it, that change, that transformation with, not with the wedding, not with Gulliver certainly, not the Count or even Mun, but with this ring because the sensation of it binding her finger was a new one that night, one that she was persistently aware of. And sometimes the things that embed themselves in our minds and the way they embed themselves, sometimes these are things we cannot control. And as Tima experiences this new knowledge dora the now dora dora in our game finds herself writhing in frustration because she can't see what team is reading what's this book what, what is it it's not the chain of Knights. she's been able to see that before in a vision so what is it what does it say what is it what does it look like what does it mean Why can't she see it? She wants to touch it. It's like an itch. She can't scratch. In fact, Dora starts tearing at the back of her neck at the sickly purple gray stained flesh, clawing at her skin, gouging, tearing, but she still can't see it. She still can't see it. Dora is hurled backward, writhing in pain, across the chapel as the head-splitting tolling of a giant bell rebounds through the inside of her skull. The pain is excruciating, and there's someone there inside of her head, an old Kelishite woman with leathery brown skin. What's she saying? What's she saying? It wakes? It wakes? The vision fades, and Dora wakes. She's now halfway across the room with her neck bleeding.
3: Gull would rush over to her and yeah, try to help her up. Absolutely. The same.
0: Absolutely. Once the vision ends, Katie, Dora has control over her actions again, but she does become aware that this self-harm she was doing was not in her control. It was not her choice, and it was not Tima. It was something her body was doing to harm itself, to tear and rake away at this discolored stain on the back of her body.
1: Not the t- the tattoo, the stain.
0: The stain. Uh, the tattoo is untouched. She was definitely clawing at a place that was just this kind of purple stain. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Can I make a, a a heal check or a knowledge check about this purple stain on her?
0: Yeah, give it to me. Let's try a nature check. All right.
3: May I make one, too?
2: Yes,
0: please do. Nope,
2: I really don't want to know that. 16 on the die plus 5 is 21.
0: Mm-hmm. The best you can come up with is that you think at some point in Dora or Tima's life this body had had uh, something growing on it that uh, maybe was cured, and this is the leftover mark of it, but uh, there's just enough... There's enough? the way the skin is broken very subtly feels like something had been kind of growing on her or to her or stuck to her and this is kind of what what was left after it was removed
3: does she take actual hit point damage
0: uh, no I'm not going to worry about that All
3: right. no. are you you okay
1: I, I've been better Perhaps it is not wise for me to look too deeply into things that are hers.
3: Got it. Would I be able to make a knowledge check on Munn?
0: Yes. Local. Nineteen. Just ringing a bell like he was another hotshot student or teacher you're not quite sure at the Syncomacty school back in the 80s associated with some unsavory stuff and he also got run out of town but you're, it's like now you're like confusing those memories with with what you remembered about Gulliver Vaticus, and you're certain you're not confusing the two of them, and you don't really have a memory of them being associated with each other necessarily, but it seems as though maybe uh, he is one of many young men who got up to no good at that school at that time.
3: I will share that. Great.
0: Oh, his first name is... Myaknian. Uh, My act spell that <laughs> M-I-A-C-K-N-I-A-N. I'm just gonna write down Mun. Yeah. That's why he chose to go with Mun. Because that first name is a uh, terrible joke. Alright then. <laughs> well
2: <laughs> Dora, do you feel do you feel like we can go forward with today?
1: I don't think we have any choice. Our situation is not sustainable.
4: Oh, and the air keeps getting redder and redder.
2: Dora, I'd like... I know I say do this often, but I'd like us to stay very close together as much as possible. i considering your weakened state. I just want to keep an eye on you. Is that okay?
1: Yes. Thank you, Ray.
2: Shall we?
0: All right. So we know the medicine has run out. I'm going to make the check for this eight-hour period to see where Loic is at. Loic is acting normally for this eight-hour period, which is a blessing. Basically, what I'm going to do, and Gull would understand this through his medical knowledge as he makes some heal checks, I'm basically going to roll on the confusion table for every eight-hour period. Oh, man. Yeah, so that could go great for a while, or it could go really, really bad (laughs) really, really quickly. But for right now, he seems like he's okay.
3: Do we have anything that we could use to restrain him?
0: We have... Those ropes you fashioned out of curtains. I mean, that's I don't leave behind better than nothing. Yeah. We're going to yeah. have to leave him in the charge of the people at the chapel. Yes. Agreed. Right. And but- Nessa and like Nessa as a nurse and her close partnership with Mira at this point, they very clearly understand what they're looking for, and everybody in the room now understands we may have to restrain him for his safety and ours, and it may not be pretty, but it, it's going to have to be done.
3: All right. Let's go All right Let's do this thing Do you want to
2: go through Debus first?
4: I think that we should not Because if that were to go south That's less pressing than
1: um, However, if it were not to go south That is a more direct route To the Great Hall Where we are intending to go
3: there's. All right, so we'll just click save.
0: <laughs> right here, right now. That, and then we'll try it.
3: That's true, but also if we come through there, then the people would assume that it's safe to go back through that, and then they would also have like a straight route back to the...
0: It does look like you're facing that problem kind of any way you go now. I mean, we're, we're at that point. The fog is cleared out of that courtyard. Ways are starting to look clear. I only say that to just stress, like, the North courtyard is, is not fine. <laughs> like the situation there is tenuous at best. Right. Yeah. Correct.
3: No, I I get that, right. but I'm also saying like, no. If they open up that door, it's a magical thing of blackness. They and can't go they'd through. They'd be like, it. Yeah. let's not go that way. Yeah. So if we can, the keep people in the chapel
1: need to put the barricade up behind us.
0: Celia mm-hmm. in. Yes. With the apostles. I love it. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Can I leave that instruction for them
3: what uh what signal do we want to give them if we make it back to be told.
0: sorry <laughs> sorry um oh you want to teach nasa or Faustin the the long code phrase that's supposed to go to Agrolumas or something like that yeah. i mean they yeah, should know they it should just know in it. case great yeah so write it down for NASA and NASA and Boston will be sure one of the two of them is like always this. there and they'll, they, will, uh, they will know that phrase. Because nobody else would have any reason to know it. So, yeah. so you're in Lissandra's office as you, you know, in this, the, again, hellish red light pouring into these giant windows as you hear the sound of the door back to the chapel being sealed up and blockaded behind you. Looking out through the windows you're seeing through the you can now see the the door that goes like right into the great hall as well as across the way the doors that go into the kitchens and you're you <laughs> seem to have left them spooked about the possible return of the Night Gaunt, given how many low rolls I made last time. <laughs> You're seeing a lot of apostles with crossbows very carefully looking over the barricade, looking around, looking up to the sky. They still seem to be in high anxiety, fear of the space mode.
1: I think we should tell them that the chapel survivors and the chapel itself was overtaken with ghouls. Hmm. My only,
3: my only thought about that is that, that's, a, that's a great idea. If we, if we don't leave some modicum of hope, then maybe some of them would go upstairs, right? And we, do, we still don't want anybody to know that we're there. Like, maybe we, we go in and we just, like, you know, we, we couldn't make it in. There were too many haunts that stopped us. And, you know, we, we have to come back and, like, we're beaten up and we need to go get some help from our friend, the healer. And then when we're there, we we Drop just go up. Stairs.
1: It's on you. You decide what to tell them. Because if we're lying to them, I think you're the only one who can. So whatever you're most comfortable with. Uh, oh, okay.
4: I mean, she's right. You're the resident liar, you
1: know. Thanks. Bluffer. Bluff. That's what I mean. That's what Miss I mean. Leader. <laughs>
4: He's got
0: the best bluff check, is what I'm saying. Got a killer. <laughs>
3: You got this goal.
0: All right. Climbing back out into the courtyard.
3: Yeah. Do we want to do a similar thing of like some kind of sound effect to, again? Running from danger? Exactly.
1: Yes.
0: Great. What sound do you want to make this time? More ghouls?
1: More ghouls. Yeah. More ghouls.
0: Great. So you uh, erupt out of the western window in Lissandra's office into the blazing red courtyard to the sound of uh, following and howling ghouls. All the, all the crossbows, you know, immediately go right to you. Uh, these guys are looking at you in concern and confusion and their, you know, yellow yellow bedsheets and chalked foreheads.
3: And, and, and we're running up going, we've we, we seen the sign, we've seen the sign,
0: don't let them get us. What? What's, what's happening? What's going on? We, we were just here the other day, remember? I, what, what did you, how far did you get? What did you see? There the was, signs are pointing to, to pray. Praise, praise. praise, The way is clear. The way is clear. Let, let us get out of here before the thing up there. Get gets in here! It. Get in here! Get in here! They usher you into the great hall, and as you as you're back in the great hall, and you you see that that big massive that big sea of bodies in yellow, like un, unwashed people, people slowly starving to death. You know, certainly as before, there are some eyes filled with fervor, but you're mostly seeing. It's a lot of vacant eyes, a lot of terrified eyes, eyes of people just simply trying to hold on, trying to keep a, a fragile grip on life here. And there's this echoing sound coming down the stairs across the way through the open doorway that is framed by crucified bodies with bags over their head. There's this distant sound, a roaring and howling, and you all immediately recognize it as the Tatterman. But it's like he's underwater or behind a veil. But wherever he is, he's enraged. The sky is red. He's just roaring in fury upstairs, and and you see these these people just huddled together under their tents, fashioned out of bed sheets, huddled around these small fires, huddled under the wall of crucified bodies, and. And you know, yes, they looked like a faceless mob out to tear you apart the other day, and now they look just like, like people, more people, more survivors. All these folks just caught in the middle of a horror they did not create, they don't deserve, and they're running out of hope of possibly escaping. So the guys with the crossbows are look, pointing their crossbows, looking, looking, waiting for an answer from you. What? What happened? Is the way free? What's going on? It, 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 it's not free yet. We, we we had to
3: fall back from the ghouls, but, but. Uh, I, I think if we have a chance to maybe rest one more day, we'll, we'll probably be able to do it tomorrow. Uh, we're, we're real close. We're real
0: close, There's but... There's only four of you, you idiot! Bring us with you! we got 16. We can pull up 20 people. We're coming with you. We're going back right now.
3: If you go back right now, if they infect you, that means that there'll be even more of them. And they'll, they'll come out in force. And, and they'll kill all of us. They'll kill everybody here. They'll... They might even kill Dandelus. Give me a check. <laughs>
4: uh, oh, you got greedy.
3: <laughs> uh, no, that's not very good. That's a natural five on the die. Uh, but let's see. My bluff check is seven. That's a 12. And I'm going to spend one of my points of inspiration today to boost that up to try to see if I can make it get a little bit better in this moment. Uh... 12 plus two, two, and I'm gonna spend one point of shame too because my lie is so fucking pathetic. For one,
0: oh my god,
3: a 15, that's what I got is a 15 is like,
0: 11 on my sense motive. Oh. At the moment, they seem to have bought it. And they're like, yeah, go back and, and go back and rest with Dr. Elburn. You know, take take an hour, and then we're going. Yeah, yeah. Take an hour, and then we're going. And then he starts going to, like, tell the rest of the troops that they're moving out in an hour. Okay. <laughs> At this point, you know, there's enough of a hubbub there. Elburn would come, like, bursting out of his tent. I say what? What the... D- you came back? You came back? Oh, I mean, of course you came back. Praise, praise. Holy oh, the all the. let me... Come, 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 friends. Let me heal you up. Yes? Yes? Oh, yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah, going on. Yes, yes. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He ushers you into his tent, and he seems genuinely flabbergasted. Like, I... I... I did not... Believe you would return. What happened?
3: We we were able to to take out one of the the nitrogen, which is like the.
4: What of the volunteers? I think. Is the, the volunteers.
3: Yeah. Is that,
4: is
0: that is that what's stopping the fog now?
3: yeah But we got to finish the job.
0: He we just like casts his quickly. eye towards the
3: stairs. Yeah, we, we got an hour. And then everyone out there is going to go
0: storm across the courtyard. All right. Look, I didn't know that you were coming back. That's on me. My apologies. However, chaps and, and Dora. I do have something for you. Didn't want to give it to you because I... Well, frankly, I didn't quite trust you. He reaches down into his coat and he pulls out a I wand. Shoot him. <laughs> he dies. And it's, all of his dreams die with him. He's in a puddle let's go on for, the ground. Let's go for a gun. <laughs> he pulls out a simple wooden wand and he hands it over to Ray. What you would recognize is a wand of cure light wounds with 48 oh. charges in it. Oh my god only to be delivered if the party returns. Wow. Oh my gosh.
1: Yay.
4: Well, you couldn't have given us a full one then, huh?
1: It's two from full. (laughs) Come on.
0: I keyed, I (laughs) keyed. He shoots you. (laughs) (laughs) I shoot you too. That's That's fair. Tough, but fair.
4: Yeah, that'll come in handy. So
0: you're, you're going now. What's going on up there, dude? You know? It's been nothing but howling all day. No one's gone up. No one's come down. Everyone down here's scared to go up. No one from upstairs has come down now in several days. I I don't know what's going on up there. But if you need me to run interference down here, should anyone take an interest in you going up there, I guess that's what I'm going to do. That would be very helpful.
2: Maybe we were called to report Upstairs from our excursion.
0: Yeah. At this point, so the there's 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 two stairs that go up. One the one that's inside his tent is blocked at the top, but the other one that does go upstairs is right outside his door. So you could conceivably just slip out his door and head up the stairs and Unless people were specifically looking over know. in that corner. Yeah. It's not It's not where the focus of everyone is now, which is now on all of the guys mustering all the way right. across the room, like getting their crossbows set, getting ready for a fight.
2: You said it's been a few days since you've seen people go up and down. Do you have any idea how many people are up there?
0: Well, the Bat Lady's up there, of course. Yes. And I know his volunteers are up there. There's usually somewhere between... Th- Three and five of his bruises up there. I I wasn't paying attention the last time when some of them went up because I didn't know it would be the last time people would be coming down.
3: No, that's helpful. Thank you. Does the uh, does the bag lady you know does she carry any kind of like scary weapon?
0: Oh no, her fists are her weapons, man. Good God, she strangles you to death with her fists. Sometimes she sometimes she bites you
4: get more and more intrigued by this bag lady
0: yes yes you'll find her quite interesting very handy appreciate it birds of a feather
3: well then we should probably What is? do
1: you know the layout up there is it just one room no
0: I don't know it's definitely not just one room There, there, there is a piece of the building intact up there I know that
1: Would we have any notion of that from having been in the courtyard and there not being fog? You sure would.
0: You sure would. You would guess that there's probably a corner quadrant, maybe roughly the size of the Northwest Tower, but in a different shape, a more square rectangular shape. Mm -hmm. And there is an intact piece of wall that goes along the north Side of the courtyard, like directly above the kitchens, mm-hmm. that looks to be largely intact. So it looks like maybe you've got a big kind of grossly shaped L kind of space up there would be your guess. Uh, so you know, maybe something like 50 by 50 or 60 by 60 at the top of the stairs and then a long hallway that's maybe another 60 or 70 feet or so if all of it is as intact as it looks. Yeah, you definitely could tell that from the courtyard.
1: Cool should we scout it I, I,
3: I can i can do that i could you know I, I i have definitely prepared a blend for today so i could do that and go up and see if there's anything to see and then come back down we if we, we want to do
1: we're that walking into
3: i, mean, I could I could protection
2: from evil you i could do shield of faith we could do whatever you want to do to buff up before you go i
3: up. mean that's I, I, I would totally take all those things. Johnny the player would be, yes! You said, and your protection evil is communal? It is. And what's
2: it,
4: the duration of
2: that? It's, I have four minutes of it. It's one minute per level that I can di- um, divide among us one minute per person. So the communal part would give us all one minute.
4: If, if we all wanted to get in on that, you could, like, I,
0: I've got that potion and that potion would last me three minutes. So if, if so, then you'd have four minutes to split up between the three of you. You could give, you know, one person two minutes, and the other two mm-hmm. a minute each, if you mm-hmm. wanted to.
2: Um, but he's going to need more than a minute.
0: But and then um, I mean, like, that's more of a right before
4: combat thing, at least right, right, in sure. terms right. of the potion.
1: Uh, or you could give Gull the potion, and then we all get in on the spell oh, right sure. before combat. Right before combat. That's
2: true. Yeah. Do you want to take the potion with you and
0: if you need it? And if great, you need it,
3: oh, that's oh, not a bad idea. A that way, idea. if it doesn't get, if I don't need to take it, because the blend is it doesn't get broken unless I attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. seems like a really good idea. All right, you take that. All right, then I will take that with
2: me. Would you like the phylactery of faithfulness? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just so something can be set on fire while you're trying to sneak through the enemy camp. If
3: you if you offer to him. Uh, Gull's like, you don't need that shit. You got this, Ray. Oh. Oh. You don't you don't need anybody telling you what you can and can't do. How about a catch? <laughs> <laughs> Let's feel a drink. Get the fuck out, out of here. <laughs> <laughs> you wanna you wanna catch my fifth in your face? <laughs> uh
0: cool. Yeah, we a take a gr-
1: it too far, Gull.
0: That's a great reminder though. This uh... We don't know what Gull's heading up into. Uh So this could be be the last time we see each other or talk to each other if something goes disastrously wrong with Gull. Is there anything, any last words from folks, anything on anybody's minds?
1: Dora summons a feeling of a desire for connection Mm. and um, imagines a sheet of paper with flowing calligraphy uh, being written in a feminine hand and casts message on the entire group lasts for 40 minutes.
0: Tell us what it does again.
1: You can whisper messages and receive whispered replies. Those nearby can hear these messages with a DC-25 perception check. So, And everybody can do that for 40 minutes? Yeah.
0: That's really
3: cool. Oh, that's so awesome. Uh, At
2: this moment, uh, Ray just impulsively raises his hands out and A light shining from his palms glows outward and um, shimmers. This light shimmers in front of each of you individually. Dora feels like, oh yeah. There's a sense of like, oh, I knew this was there. And I've created a bond between us that I've never done before. If you take five hit points or more below your max... Well... Let me know.
0: You can feel Ray's heart beating inside each of you. You know,
3: I I just want to say, like, you know... From everything I know about who we used to be. You know, if we die, it won't be that big of a loss to the world. But, it'll be a big loss to all those people back in the chapel. You know, and if we want them to live, we gotta kill everybody up there
4: Well, look, you know, 10 days ago, I did not, we did not know each other. I did not know who I was. But we're all learning some things, aren't we, now? But what I do remember is I do not suspect that ever in my life, the desire to use whatever ferocity I have in me to defend someone or to protect someone was ever part of my makeup. But I have felt that for you, Brayden, for you, Dora. Go! I'm being honest, your face uh, disturbs me. Um, I heard the story that I didn't share with you, but everyone told me a story of a night when you and I, or who we used to be, worked together in a not very good way. So your face concerns me, but who you are inside, you've been, you fought next to me like a brother in arms for ten days, and that's what I think of you as. And I truly think that right now, I would rather be with the three of you than with the finest people in Galarian. You fuckers, are all right. Yes. (laughs) I
2: love it. Yeah. Ray's hair falls in front of his face a little bit.
1: (laughs) I have hope. Hmm. Life is hard. It never gets any easier. But we get stronger, more capable, more trusting. It doesn't matter that we can't remember who we were, because who we are now is up to this task.
3: Don't fucking do this. Hey. Hey. I down my blend extract and disappear.
0: Gull slips into the shadows and begins the march up the stairs to the second floor. And that's the end of chapter 34. (laughs) (laughs) We'll finish it off next time.
3: One way or another.
0: Yes. Dark Nexus is a creation of Plug and Hum Productions. Dark Nexus uses music and soundscapes by Sirenscape. Check them out at sirenscape.com. That's S Y R I N S C A P E.com. Opening and closing themes, along with additional music, composed by Rob Kozlaric. Artwork for Dark Nexus is by Matt Walquist. Special thanks to Toy, without whose generosity this project would not have been possible. And thanks to DMCP, Richard and Ari, Paul and Shannon, Chris, Scotty, Jason, Jess, Joe, Chelsea, Matt, Dave, Darren, and everyone we've gamed with over the years for all the memories and inspiration. Fantastic. Did we level?
3: <laughs>